Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 22. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada, and I'm joined by Mil Proyer of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. Happy New Year, Milt. Good to see you. Happy New Year to you too, Greg. All right. So we're going to play a bit of catch up this week on the performance uh, over the past few weeks that were coinciding with the holiday period. So our latest report is from week 22. And what days does that coincide with in, in the real calendar, Milt? Uh, week 22 takes us up to roughly the 1st of January. Okay. So, um, you know, generally through these these weeks, uh, performance was not great. Um, what were you seeing uh, in the in the reports over this period, Mill? I think not great is a pretty accurate characterization of what we've seen over the course of you know the last three weeks, week twenty one through uh, twenty through twenty two, I should say. Um, quite surprisingly, actually, uh, continued poor, uh, really poor order fulfillment performance for. Uh, both CN and CP. Um, what we're starting to see, frankly, is almost, um, you know, two seasons within a season for railway performance this grain year. If you go back to when the railways had their service disruption in the middle of November, that was basically at the beginning of week 16. Uh, and performance had been good up to that point. Uh, CP had been stellar, and we talked about that so many times on this podcast. You know, they were just handling everything, handling it well. They were averaging 99% order fulfillment a week. No problems, no outstanding orders, basically. CN, not as good, but they were doing pretty good. You know, they were averaging about 87% a, a week, which for them is, is pretty good given their history. Uh, but then we had the service disruption in the middle of November, and that seems to have set the tone for what I would call phase two of performance during the current grain year. Uh, both railways obviously uh, struggled in the near term following that outage, um, which is understandable given that all access to the Port of Vancouver, which is you know the single biggest corridor for both railways, was cut off. Um, and then they came back, you know, CP within a week and CN uh, within about 20 days. But performance has just never uh, recovered. And what we've seen is a significant drop from both railways, which started, frankly, in week 16 and has just accelerated right through week 22 and really bad over the last three weeks, uh, 20, 21 and 22. So that both railways now for this seven week period have, you know, only been averaging coincidentally uh, 58% uh, order fulfillment on a weekly basis for both railways. Uh, and both railways in the last two weeks, um, CN in week 22 and CP in the week prior in week 21 hit their low points for the year. So in week 22, CN only supplied 36% of shipper orders on time, and CP in the prior week only supplied 40% of shipper orders on time. And just to give you kind of some color on that, I think for the last two weeks that we've reported on 21 and 22, CP has spotted more empty hopper cars for outstanding orders than they have 
for the orders that were in place for those weeks. So that tells you something about the mountain they're trying to whittle down with respect to outstanding cars. You know, CP's outstanding car counts have gotten as high as 2,500 cars. And, you know, that's really bad when you think about how low volumes are right now. Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, we're still seeing, correct me if I'm wrong, but a, a, a continuing quite low demand, right? And so the the performance against the low demand is 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 uh, is surprising, I guess. No. Well, it, normally you expect some uh, benefit of low demand. At least it's not stressing the infrastructure. Um, I mean, you you have to understand that railways will adjust downward on their assets when demand drops, you know, significantly, which I'm sure they've done this year. Probably got lots of cars in storage. Um, but having said that, um, you know, even the demand that remains, which is ballpark thirty to thirty-two percent lower um, than it was at this time last year, cumulatively, and just seems to be getting uh, worse week by week by week. I mean, between CN and CP through the first 24 weeks um, are off to the tune of about 60,000 hopper car orders, which is about 30 to 31% of the system total uh, when you look at, you know, the the trailing three-year average. So yeah, it's way down. It's not getting better. There are no projections it's going to get better. But despite that, it doesn't seem to be helping railway performance. Yeah, that's really incredible how, how low the demand is, um, and and obviously troubling that the the performance is is uh, is that low as well. Um, provinces did any provinces fare better than others in the face of this uh, these performance uh, performance issues? It's been a little bit uneven. Um, I mean. Generally speaking, performance has not been good across the provinces, and it's what you would expect given that system performance is so bad, it tends to translate down or trickle down. Um, Alberta, which has been, you know, an ongoing story for us for the entire grain year, continues to suffer the worst of consequences. Um, CN service, as we've talked about previously, has been not very good nor consistent there for um most of this grain year and unfortunately for uh alberta-based shippers cp has joined that party in the last few weeks Uh, when we look at order fulfillment performance for alberta shippers you know over that seven week period since the disruption in mid-november cn has only supplied about 33 percent of hopper cars ordered on time in a week and cp only about 52 percent Now, you know, we've talked about the fact before that one of the things that hurts Alberta shippers, if you will, in in cases like this, is that they have extremely uh, heavy reliance on West Coast corridors. So going to Vancouver, going to Prince Rupert. And both CN and CP have, have, you know, their performance has frankly been terrible in the Vancouver corridor uh, for a number of weeks now. And for Prince Rupert, for CN, uh, that performance has not been good all year and, you know, is, is not improving. So Alberta has not been treated well. They've seen the worst of it. Um, Manitoba and Saskatchewan, at least on the CN side, have held up a little bit better, um, with the exception of the most recent week, week 22, which was just terrible across the board. But uh, 
prior to that, they were faring somewhat better, you know, in the, in the 70s and low 80s. And CP really has not been good anywhere, um, uh, which is reflected both in their provincial performance, where they've been, uh, you know, averaging less than 60% order fulfillment every week for almost two months for all three provinces. Um, and they're, you know, we look at it from a different perspective, their performance in all their corridors, it's poor. This is not just a Vancouver issue, right? Um, CP has been terrible in the Thunder Bay corridor and the U.S. corridor. So it's, it's pretty widespread at this point. So the obvious, there may some, be some obvious answers to this, but then, you know, what is going on? Obviously, we, we usually see a dip in performance often in, in winter and a lot of it is you know, the, the usual reasons that are being attached to it around winter, et cetera. But, um, you know, what is going on from your perspective? Is there, is there, you know, is the element of the recovery from Vancouver, obviously, and the weather, but uh, what, what's your view on, on what is actually going on? What's driving this performance? It's a tough one. Um, when you look at what's gone on, there's a couple of things that are somewhat surprising. Um, one is how widespread the poor performance has become. Uh, the Vancouver corridor is, is very understandable. You know, it was a significant disruption. Nobody should minimize how bad that was. Um, lots of damage to infrastructure, but to the railway's credit, they, they got back up and operational, although it reduced capacity and, and given the damage a pretty reasonable amount of time. But what we've seen is that performance has not been, or performance decline, if you will, has not been limited to the Vancouver corridor. There's really a few, if any, corridors that either railway is performing well in right now. I mean, the Thunder Bay corridor, which is not a really important one for CM, certainly not as, as important as it is for CP, um, held up fairly well until, you know, last week or the, or the last two weeks for CM. But Vancouver's been terrible. Prince Rupert's been terrible. Um, traffic going to Eastern Canada, going to the U.S., not good performance there. And CP's been, you know, their problems have spread, if you will, to beyond Vancouver, to Thunder Bay, to the U.S., to Eastern Canada. So on its face, it looks like, you know, there's certainly a lot more going on there than a disruption in the Vancouver corridor. Now, to your point, do we generally see performance decline in the winter months? Yes, we do, much to the chagrin of shippers and, and other stakeholders in the system, but that's a reality. The question is always by how much. Uh, and this year it's been obviously significant, but I think if we look back over the last six to seven weeks, you can kind of say that the factors that are influencing poor performance, at least the ones that we can see, would be the service disruption in mid-November, um, which frankly, the railways never quite recovered from uh, prior to Christmas. And then we had the holiday period arrive. And typically or historically, uh, you know, there's a slowdown in that week between Christmas and New Year's because the port terminals you know, don't staff up for the stat holidays. So you lose unloads and traffic slows down en route. And that's kind of a natural thing. But then at the same time, uh, the West got hit with um, extreme cold weather, you know, the week of Christmas and 
last week and it, we're just starting to get a break this week. Um, so when you layer all of those things, one on top of the other, um, the railways are kind of still trying to dig out from the backlog that was created uh, in mid-November with the outage in the Vancouver corridor. And it's just gotten worse because of the weather and, and the holidays. Now, the weather is coming your way <laughs> in Eastern Canada. So we're probably going to see perhaps a shift in performance where, you know, we might see performance improve a little bit in the West um, and might see a deterioration in performance in the East because, you know, you've had fairly balmy weather out your way for the last few weeks, but it's starting to get cold. So you can expect to see the same effect. Yeah, it has been uh, pretty good weather. And then it's definitely hit us. Whatever you guys had out there has hit us in uh, Ontario now. So it's quite cold. Um, all right, Mel. Well, appreciate that uh, very, that insight. Uh, definitely something to watch. And um, we'll uh, touch on week 23 next week to see how things are going. For those who'd like to read the reports, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com. And we'll talk to you all next week. Bye.